A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like, subscribe, do that fun stuff. Joining me today, Katie Heindel, talented writer. Listen and uh, read basketball feelings, right? I was about to say watch. I'm like, well, can I'm not sure you can watch, oh, yeah. actually, but listen, but, listen yeah. to basketball feelings. Mm-hmm. Katie, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, I'm doing good. Very busy. Um, yes. I feel like you picked a perfect opportunity to like to 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 take this moment and then look back <laughs> and really appreciate the time that's passed. I don't think we do this enough. No, and it is that time of the season where we look back at uh, the year that was because we're in December now. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, let's the the month the month unchanged that was not the year that was. Yeah, no, but it's true. Oh, you but mean December, you, you mean for like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going bigger picture those. on you. Sorry. I was going. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, you're, you're Spotify wrapped brain. Um, and I was like, <laughs> the basketball season. <laughs> that may have been why I did that actually, because of the Spotify <laughs> rap uh, playlist that I'm keep on seeing on Twitter and when people keep mm-hmm. on sharing them, like I don't really mm-hmm. use Spotify. I'm more of an Apple guy. Ew. Fair. That, that's me. It is what it is. It is um, what it is. Yeah. So with Katie, I mean, uh, it, this is supposed to be like a, you know, 20 ish game check into the Toronto Raptors and the season that has been, but <laughs> it's hard to do it with this team because they've been so injured and they've been decimated mm-hmm. by injuries uh, throughout these, this first quarter of the season, but we do it anyways. Mm-hmm. So we just keep this in the, the back burner that a lot of these things, it's just hard to make like some real observations about this team, or at least things that, de- that determine who they are, because we haven't seen Otto Porter Jr. He's like a part-time player. At this stage, Preston 2 has been gone for a while. Pascal was gone. Uh, There's just been a lot of things happening. But here the Raptors are. Um, I think we're 21 games in, and they're at 500. Um, The Pelicans game sucked. Was awful. Like, absolutely awful. Thought, (laughs) oh, okay, CJ, Brennan Ingram not playing. This could be a a game where you win. Because Zion's still there. JV's Mm -hmm. there. You know, he had a a nice game. Um, But this should be a win. And here we are. Wow, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. But these games happen, you know, that uh, that 10, 10, and 60 rule. You know, you have 10 games where, where you win that you're just going to win because you shoot so well. 10 games mm-hmm. where just are going to go terribly because you just sucked and the schedules is whatever and things just going to kind of happen. And then the other 60 is where you kind of make or break your, your season. So that's what that Pelicans game was in my book. It was one of those 10. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's an OL game. It's a game I don't feel so bad. Um letting Zion have some accolades, you know. Everybody's uh, always dumping on that guy. So I don't mind it. You know, let's we can be the bigger team if we're gonna give yeah. him that that stage to shine on. <laughs> sure. Before the recording, I had said to you that it's hard to make OG and Anobi look small, mm-hmm. but Zion actually makes OG look small. The man's a freak. We've forgotten almost, yeah. but he is an actual freak. Wow. Everybody loves to feel small sometimes, too. You don't always <laughs> like to be, oh, this guy's the biggest player on the team. Maybe OG liked not feeling like the most gigantic dude out there for once. You never and, know. And that's why he refuted the report that he was 250 pounds. He's like, no, I'm not. Yes. I am 230. Well, he didn't actually say the number because he said that's his personal business, and it is. Um, but yeah. he definitely said that I am not 250 pounds. Um, that stemmed from uh, a pregame uh, roster sh- stat that showed that, uh, you know, the, all the weights and the players, and it said, you know, 250 for OG. Everyone's just like, er, what? How'd that happen? Um, Maybe but... sometimes I wonder if those get thrown in just to make sure everybody's paid attention. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's what it is. Like That's reading is. those box score sheets. What? Wait, what? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, Katie, mm-hmm. with you, as you know, because I told you before we recorded the podcast, or started to suggest recording the podcast, um, observations from the first 20 games, some stats, some just like thoughts. And yeah. I'll let you go with the first one. I got a couple here, but um, you can start us off with whatever comes to mind, whatever you want to start with. I mean, 
this 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 the came to mind for me when I when I was like, okay, I gotta think about what has kind of led in terms of a theme, perhaps for the last like 21 games. Yes. Uh and I was a little bit at a loss until, you know, I leave it to Fred Van Vliet to kind of perfectly encapsulate uh things and just like really really tell it like it is. But the other night, uh, I think the quote was that every night is chaos. Um, yeah. And I saw that quote making the rounds and I loved it, but yeah. it is also extremely apt for good reasons, for bad reasons. Um, but I think I really like this as a kind of almost as like a narrative use, but also just as like a tone setting thing for the Raptor season so far. It's certainly been unpredictable. Um, but it makes for entertaining, very fast-paced basketball. Uh, and I think at the beginning of a season, that mm. is what you want. Uh, it is also forcing a kind of ingenuity from every player uh, on this roster that is that is healthy. I think it will also bring up a kind of ingenuity from players once they get back. We saw that right away, I think, in the way Pascal Siakam has been able to step back into the active roster. Yeah. Um, and I think Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse secretly loves this kind of thing because he's Chaos. the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because he's the one leading it. Fred sounded really tired. <laughs> like it was coming <laughs> off a win, but I was still like, he seems so tired. Yeah. But yeah. Because you chaos does make you a little bit tired and he is the smallest one, quote, smallest one out there most nights. Big heart, though. Yeah. Huge heart. But all in all, I think um, the I think that saying every night is chaos, it doesn't have to stay this way. Certainly, this will be a bit uh, not such a good place to be in April. Um, no. But for the beginning of the season, for a team like Toronto, where they're at right now in terms of their identity, trying to carve that out, trying to figure out how do we want to play night after night? We're not actually a team that is equipped to play the same way night after night. That's also not always a good thing. Look at what happened against the Pelicans. So I think uh, I think this to me mm. mm. is like a first good theme. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely hear you. I mean, the, some of the points that in, in the intro I talked about, you know, it's hard to define this team. And yes. that chaos is actually chaos. Um, a decent way to put it. Um, they are a team built on how well they play defense each and every night. And we're going to get to some of this stuff in a moment. But if they don't play defense, you might see things like this Pelicans game. Um, they were late on every rotation. They weren't rebounding. They were getting out-muscled. They got out-raptors by the Pelicans, right? Because the Pelicans, and they've actually done this a couple of times. They, they got a, themselves like a lot of rangy, athletic players that can do stuff like this to a Toronto if they're not coming ready to to you know, put your hard hat on and get things done. And this is what, this is what happened. I still, I'm, I'm still kind of shocked that it happened the way it, it unfolded the way it did, because I mean, they gave up so many points, geez, like the offensive rating, I'm not even sure what it was, but the Pelicans offensive rating must've been through the roof. 73 points in the first half. What, what, how, how, and uh, it just, but it is what it is. And uh, for the Raptors, I mean, their, their offense is what it is. And I guess we may as well pivot right uh, to that is uh, one of the points that, I'm looking at is that mm -hmm. the Raptors are not hitting their corner threes this year. And that was, that's a big problem because we know that they are not a great offensive team. They don't finish very well at any spot on the court, anywhere you want to look uh, in terms of shooting accuracy, they are in the 18th to 28th range. And that's how it was last season too. But last year at the very least, they were fifth in corner three percentage. And this season they are 28th. It was sorry 29th it was 28th going into the pelicans game now they're 29th um only uh only worse than the or only better than the la lakers so that's where they're at right Trash. now yeah 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 very very <laughs> bad every single starter currently is shooting between 30 and 33 percent on corner threes and when i say starters i mean the traditional starters with gary trent jr scotty barnes fred og and pascal all those guys are between 30 and 33%. Not good. The only two players who are better than that, than that, Otto Porter Jr. and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Two guys that are coming in uh, for their first, year with the, first season with the Toronto Raptors. And Otto Porter Jr. obviously has been, like I said, a part-time player. So that has to change very drastically 
Um, just look at it simply. The Raptors are a team that wants to, you know, drive to the rim. They want to get kickouts, and those kickouts are usually from the corner three positions. And if you're not hitting those shots, your offense is just going to be abysmal. And guess what? It's actually worse than it was last season. Their half-court offense is worse than it was last year, and they were, like, near last last year. This year, they are last. So that definitely has to change, but there is reason to believe it will get better because they can't be any worse than they are, right, Katie? I mean, they, they can't. Could- that could be one more spot worse, I guess. Oh yeah, no, I don't that's true. They could be. I mean, no, they I don't could. see yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the bright side be. is I don't see that happening, considering who's <laughs> occupying that spot at the moment. Yes. yes. <laughs> the Lakers are going to stay there, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, my rationale for this is like it's an extremely small sample size in terms mm. of games played thus far. When you're watching them, the the mechanics of the stat, this it kind of makes sense as to why they're not making them from there. When they are, they're usually forced way out they've got like double teams kind of flying at them it's never been the most comfortable spot i'd say like gary's had some pretty good luck there og is still probably i think the strongest showing from that position i mean so, usually but this season yes. he's he hasn't been but yeah usually for sure yeah he's, usually he's he corner, is shooter. He's um, but I, it's not where they're like being the most generative of um their offensive hmm luck or like capabilities this season and i get why i have to go back to like what nick nurse seems to always uh keep honing back in on when he's kind of questioned about you know his his players like offensive um capabilities which is that he all he seems to want is for guys to get to the rim and guys to like muscle in you know and i think there was a comparison made when like scotty's shooting was was his three-point shooting it's not actually that bad but like early in the season when he like his shots were just like you know waterfall falling it felt like and nick's criticism was that he wanted to see him up at the rim more it wasn't really enough he wanted to see him use his athleticism use a physicality you know be Mm. more of like a physical ball dominant player um so to me it's like if that's what your head coach is preaching it makes sense as to why it doesn't make sense why the shots aren't falling when they're trying, but it's like, that's yeah. not what the priority is right now. Sure. I wonder what, at what point do you decide to change things up drastically? Like Fred obviously is one of their best shooters. And with Pascal back now, you're giving OG Ananobi, who we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, you're giving him more ball dominant responsibilities. You still have Scotty Barnes, who is a point guard forward, you know, all that kind of stuff, but he is a ball handler. And if you are going to really look at Fred as a catch and shoot savant, which he is, right? He is that he's that kind of player. He's a terrific shooter. At what point do you just say, we're going to plant him in the corner? And we just, because we need production from those positions and it's just so necessary for our offense. Do you make a switch like that? He doesn't take too many shots from that spot again, because he has had more uh, ball dominant responsibilities so far this season. The whole story going into it was, Hey, Fred's going to be doing a lot of catch and shoot. And that has happened, but Injuries have played a factor. You just can't get into that kind of a role. But obviously, if he was to be taking, you know, for example, five, right, shots from the corner, probably a couple of them are going to go in, right, because he's Fred. So is that something that they look at? I'm not sure. But um, in the end, like, you have a vision with your offense. And if the shots just simply aren't going in because the process is good, but they aren't going in, then, like, you're kind of SOL (laughs) at the moment. You want to get healthy. Hopefully, Precious finds his form. You get Otto Porter Jr. back. Um, I do worry a little bit about how teams are now guarding the Raptors. Like they're really putting themselves like, you know, you know, box around the paint. You got one person guarding the ball handler handler, and it is kind of hard to, you know, get those corner threes off. Right. In those mm-hmm. positions. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's some of the questions that Nick nurse is facing is like, do you just have to change things up a little bit? Because this is how you're being guarded. And it's really hard to create offense when teams are uh, doing this like stacked box uh, defense against you. I'm not sure. I don't know. It like the thing about Fred getting to that spot is it takes a lot for him to get there. I also don't think like he can really ever with the way they're playing now and the way that just like the, you know, your, your starting lineup is formed. He can't, he can't get there. You can't afford to lose him. Like where is he, where he's shooting from and like where his bread and butter always is, is just kind of beyond the arc. Right. Yeah. These like these these kind of pull just like a pull-up three. Like that's what I always sure. want to see from Fred. Cause you're like, that's gonna hit. Um, it takes so much for him to get to the corner. Like he just he isn't he isn't as long and he can't like eat up the floor as much as his teammates, as much as like OG or Scotty or like even Gary, who is just kind of gets left alone. Yeah. Um, 
on defense. So I, I don't know, like this, this, this kind of thing is always uh, very interesting to me because you can switch a lot up, but if the shots just aren't falling, which is honestly my sense of things right now, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what you're going to do. It does not. It does it's, not. Um, that's auto, why they I, call it the beautiful game. Just yeah, kidding. right? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, okay. Uh, do you want to switch on to something? I got one that might kind of connect what we're talking about, but at the same time, um, yeah, if you got something. Um, yeah, I mean... I think, I mean, this will probably go into one of yours, but um, OG, but specifically the return mm. of sneaky OG. Ooh, um, yeah, let's go OG. Let's be positive. Okay. Because the stealthy OG is back. Yeah. I love it. He's like leading the league in steals, I believe. His timing feels like about as deadpan as his mm-hmm. humor in terms of just like interceptions and where he is yeah. at any given moment uh, <laughs> as a disruptor, as just this like stealthy, frankly, scary presence for opponents. Um, Jaws, I, Jaws, the shark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they should start playing the music, but then it would give away his, I mean, you could yes. do that in the replay, but yeah, you don't want to, you don't want there to be like an OG watch. Cause then it will just like no, give his, all his tricks away. Unless um, he, do it every single time the team's on defense, on offense. <laughs> yeah, just scare, just really scare everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, beyond that, you know, like he's finishing through contact. I think he's muscling in. Uh, it was, was it the Mavs game? Maybe it was the Mavs game where uh, I think Fred got asked, like, oh, is that, is that the meanest you've ever seen? OG? Oh, yeah. And he was like, nope. Like, I want to see him be meaner. (laughs) Yeah. So I like the kind of the physicality that he's showing and just like, you know, straight face, like muscling up on everybody. I think it it adds like you've got the sneaky OG and then you've got this OG and you combine those two things together. Like, you know, defensive player of the year, certainly most improved player of the year, certainly. But like, there's just so much there. Uh, and I'm just so happy for OG. So yeah, to me, this is like a very positive development. Some mm-hmm. of it has come at the behest of a lot of his teammates having been out and him having to like pick up the slack, but like not just pick it up, but like carry the team. Sure. To this point. Nice, nice reps for him too. <laughs> yeah. I think they've got to, I think when they kind of look at their, the identity, that K, the chaotic identity that we talked about, but also, you know, their defensive identity up to right now, certainly yeah. offensive identity up to right now in the season. A lot of that goes right back to OG and that's mm. a great, he is a great athlete to, to lead that. Yeah. I've always looked at the Raptors defense as controlled chaos. And I think he embodies <laughs> that probably in, in a good way. It's, it's, uh, and that he embodies that probably the best he is. Yeah. Among the league leaders and loose balls recovered um, deflections per game and also steals. And just the way that he pursues the ball these days, um, it's really something to behold. And uh, Within his own way, I feel like every time there is a offensive possession for the other team, he just looks at them and is like, I've come for the ball. Yes. I've come Give for the ball. <laughs> yes. And I will be getting <laughs> it, it one me. way or another. And yeah. <laughs> it's obviously helping his offensive production too. You know, fast break points are up, points in the paint are up. He's able to get some of those like line drive, laneway uh, drives towards the rim because of the steals that he's getting like above the break, which are really impressive. And the fact that he's doing it to like literally everybody, I mean, outside of Luka Doncic, who's like a different kind of beast, but a lot of people have fell victim to just OG picking their pocket because he is just that guy right now. And whether it's like helping or roving or on ball defense, this is his thing now. And um, it's very cool hearing like a person like Pascal Siakam and they're, he's being asked, uh, you know, what's the difference with OG? Is this like, it's just focus. He's always had this. This is him just accepting and embracing, you know, what he's very good at and doubling down on it. And it is helping his offensive production. Sure. I mean, there's still some like little things here and there, like his turnovers are up quite a bit over the past, you know, five, six games are up to like four or five. And before it was a lot of the turnovers were dead ball turnovers. Now they're like, you know, 
not so dead. <laughs> they're like open floor and they're uh, leading to transition opportunities for the other team. Part of the process, um, I just, I find it interesting how they're using OG because now that Pascal's back, he's still getting those reps as like an isolation score. Um, and mo- some of those reps, you would think even like last night against the Pelicans, he was getting some of those reps and Pascal Siakam is a guy who's in the corner or around the 45 and he's ready to, you know, take a jumper if the ball comes to him. Um, great reps for OG. Obviously, you want to see some, I mean, or sooner the better uh, with some mm-hmm. of the progression from him mm-hmm. um, as a scorer in that in that capacity and as a passer. But um, good reps, and it's just hard to really critique too much when he's already doing so much uh, for the team yeah. so far this season. He's been, you know, arguably their MVP. Yeah, and I think like the turnover thing when the ball's in your hands more. Yeah, and you're asked to generate the offense. That's just that's going to happen. I think he'll definitely be able to kind of clamp down on those quickly. Yes. Um, but yeah, just like seeing him as like an intuitive player on a completely different level and sort of being asked more to lead, which I think I think, and not to project, but like I really do think like that must be where some of the hesitancy has come from before. Because when you've got leaders around you like Fred and Pascal. You're not, you're kind of used to where you fit in the rotation. You're kind of looked to being, you're used to being looked to third, right? And now it's like, oh, wait, you had to become the number one guy. I mean, um, sometimes fourth last year with Scotty with the way yeah, he was playing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and again, this goes back to what I was saying in terms of just like ingenuity. Mm. Things are going to be much more in a chaotic lineup. Things got to be fluid yeah. for things to work. So, I, I mean, yeah, like I think, uh, I don't want my one little like nervous caveat of depending on how the identity shakes out or maybe fully forms up is I don't want OG to kind of lose this Mm. responsibility that he's got. Yeah. Well, I mean, then let's make this, everything's going very (laughs) fluid right now. Nothing like the Raptors, which is all complete chaos, but let's pivot right here because obviously we saw that, you know, Gary Trent Jr. has been pivoted to the bench. Is that going to continue? I don't know. But um, you look at some of the numbers and these are like, you know, kind of baseline numbers, but with the Raptors starting five, the one that we, we knew, Mm -hmm. right. Um, Their offensive rating was 107.4. The defensive rating was 113.5. And they were one of the slowest teams in terms of pace um, with their half-court offense. And you put some of these things together and you think, okay, so like what are the things, and I talked about uh, this with, uh, I didn't mean to do this, but Strictly Hoop, CJ Miles, listen to that, watch that, good show. And uh, it was coming up that, you know, you look at like what you want from a starting five, and the Raptors have a lot of players who do similar things in terms of, you know, their ball stoppers. And it's good to have some ball stoppers because those are the, you know, your point guards, your your creative isolation scores. Like you need some of those, but you also need some guys that don't hold the ball as much. Mm-hmm. And when you're already not great at pace, when you're already one of the slower offenses, having too many guys of the, who do the exact same thing isn't, you know, probably uh, the best recipe for success. And for Gary, who is such a dynamic scorer, and I got to make this clear because I don't want, I don't want people to take this as, you know, I'm poo-pooing on Gary Trent Jr. He's an unbelievable scorer. We saw it yesterday against the Pelicans, but you want to tap into that as much as possible. And mm-hmm. so why not pivot him to the bench and he gets increased responsibilities as an offensive player when he is in the game, maybe his minutes go down to like 26 instead of 34, but he's going to be getting like, you know, 14 shots, 15 shots. And he's being relied upon to be, you know, a creator, a scorer in those minutes. And I've always found that when Gary gets opportunities to shoot, more of them go in, mm-hmm. you know, like all of a sudden, you know, a seven, four, a seven, four, I don't know if he shoots like five shots, maybe two of them go in, but if he's taking 14 shots, there's a chance that 10 of them are going to go in because he gets that feel and flow and rhythm for the game. Then all of a sudden they're all going in and you are lying to yourself. If you don't think, if you don't realize that, you know, at some points when Gary shoots one of those like ridiculous fadeaways, you're like, I thought that was going to go in because he is that talented of a scorer. So I think this is a good move for the Raptors who that fifth starter is because Scotty Barnes is going to be in there. There was some questions around that. Even I was questioning a little bit because Nick nurse is, you know, mad scientist does some, mm-hmm. some wacky things, but who that fifth starter is, I'm not sure what the best fit is. Um, but I think this is a good move for the Toronto Raptors and Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's like, it's going to test um, what Nick nurse already put out there in terms of the way that he needs to see Gary be impactful uh, on both ends of the floor. Like you need to see him be more of a, 
defensive disruptor to just fit with yeah. the team identity. Sure. You've got him coming off the bench for that. You've got him coming off the bench to, yeah, be an offense generator. Mm-hmm. I have really liked what I've seen from Gary when he's kind of, I mean, it's weird to be like, oh, he's on the, he's, he's coming off the bench, but in a way he's been asked to take on much more of a responsibility in that role than he would have as a starter, which I think was much more one dimensional uh, as just like a pure shooter, um, hopefully pure scorer. But I like him in this role a lot better because we're already seeing the change like out of him. You know, he had a few of these like wild hustle plays. I think the other night, like running for the ball at half court, like trying to bring it back, just like he's, he's, he is really trying, you know, he like, he took it to heart. So um, I like it. I like him there. It's also really cool to just like have a, <laughs> I mean, everybody's not like fully healthy yet, but when they are to like have a good bench, have Mm -hmm. that depth again. Sure. If you've got Gary Trench and you're leading that, I I don't know. I think it's a win-win. And it's not like the kind of thing where the starters aren't necessarily going to be set. Maybe there's a stretch when Gary gets to come back into that rotation. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) And also, I mean, it doesn't mean he can't finish games either. Yes. Right? That's important too. Who finishes the game is actually more important than probably who starts it. Uh, I would think. I, I mean, mean, certainly to like dig you out of a hole, which is what you know. Yeah. That's a problem. The Raptors can can usually can like get themselves into. Oh, we have like we just like played a pretty sloppy third, and now we're like down ten. Okay, we've got Gary, and he's pretty fresh. Exactly. So, who should that fifth starter be? Who are the people that you think it's going to be rotating in between? That's the indication I get that that fifth spot is going to be yeah. different players depending on the night. Last night it, against the Pelicans, it was Thad, and then you know, look what Nick Nurse did—he switched it to Christian Coloco at half because Thad was dealing with Jonas Valanciunas, and that's a big ass man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, who do you think is rotating in between? <laughs> Poor Thad. Um... Yeah, between JV and Zion. So it's a that's a tall, it's a very uh-huh. tall assignment. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I, I don't know, but like again, I don't really see it as like a as a deficit. I don't see that it needs to be set, you know, mm-hmm. because you want you want to be you don't want to be the utilitarian team in the sense that you don't have the fluidity to change things depending yeah. on what the matchup is. Um mm. I think if they that's just like never that's never gonna be this Raptors team's identity. But I don't know. Who would you like to see there? Well, I think in some cases. Yeah, I mean, I think. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In some cases, it should be, it could be Wancho. Um, we saw that and I, I, I like how he fits with those other guys because uh, the reason why I've been a little bit reluctant to take Gary Trent out of the starting mm. group is because I think they need the shooting and look no further than those stats that I gave you earlier about the Raptors three point shooting this season. They really need it. And, mm-hmm. you know, during the off season when no one had anything to talk about with the Raptors, it was all the who should start. It should be precious, yada, yada, yada. And I mean, I could see it, but uh, also I wanted to see if, you know, precious is going to be able to continue to shoot the way he did at the second half of last season. And that hasn't been the case so far, but that was my worry is like, do you have enough shooting? Cause Scotty, you know, I'll get to it in a second here, but uh, his shooting has improved. Pascal's has as, as well, um, which is good. But uh, you need it's a premium. Like you want your best shooters on the court on the court as much as possible. And I was just worried about the Raptors half court offense if they didn't have enough of it. Um, but defensively, obviously, I mean, there are some ups. There's some upside to having like a Thad there, a Precious when he returns. I could definitely see that that mm-hmm. happening. Um, it could be a Wancho, but 
it could be tough, those, yeah it could be Ken Burke like too. yeah it's a tough hypothetical when like you still have this many unhealthy yeah players um you mm-hmm. know what I mean because like there are even some situations where I say it's not so far flung to think Otto could be there too because yeah. of the shooting piece but it's like we haven't even seen that yet yeah I'll give Gary one quick shout out as I bring up the stats here because he is getting to the free throw line more. Those are things he just wasn't doing. And that's him like, you know, looking at his looking at the tape during the offseason and also just like learning how to take fouls and going to the rim strong. He didn't do that very much last season. That wasn't one of his like strengths, I, I would think. But he's learning how to do it this season. And that is a, a source of growth for him, which is great mm-hmm. to see. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I had the numbers in front of me as we're talking about. I'm like, should have looked that up on it. Damn it, Amit. Damn it. But I didn't look it up. It's it fine. is what it is. It's the chaos pod. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who could know? It is a chaos pod. Um, speaking of chaos, the Raptors are three and eight on the road this season. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. How is that one be... of your look? Is that one of your looking backs? Or that's just like a that's me killing time stat. while I look okay. up the free throws for Gary Trent Jr. Actually, great, great, great. <laughs> Just trying to fill the the content need while I look these numbers up. Uh, I mean, yeah, I see it here. There's some five of six, four of four. I'd have to look at the past ten games, but I mean, it is what it is. But I would, I think, it's reasonable to say that he's gained to the free throw line over the past like ten games or so, uh, at four times per game. Last season, it was less than one. Mm-hmm. That is good. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Katie, I wasted your time there. My bad. It's okay. I had to know. It was like a burning question in my mind. <laughs> Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? it was. It really was. Yeah, now you know. You can tell people he's uh, getting to the free throw line around 4.5 times uh, over the past 10 years. Bet you didn't know Ooh. that. But you, yeah, but you, you didn't do. know that. Yeah. There you go, people. <laughs> we'll be here all day. <laughs> um, okay. How about we talk Christian Coloco? That could be fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Heading into this season, I mean... Starting the other night? That was pretty... Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, look, like, I think it's fair to to say or to give him credit that, you know, we looked at him, we thought he was going to be a project offensively, defensively. Off- offensively, he still clearly is, but he has shown an ability to be exactly what the Raptors want him to be, um, which is like the defensive anchor, vertical threat. Um, lob threat, things of that nature. He's shown an ability to do that. And that is an awesome thing to see from a player who was a second round pick. And he's doing that in season one. When he is on the court, the Raptors are seven points better in terms of not allowing uh, the other teams to score the ball. That's pretty mm-hmm. damn good. And one of their best mm-hmm. starting lineups that they've had this season, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, Christian Coloco, a plus 14 net rating. That's one of the best ones that they have. Granted, 36-minute sample size, but that's still a number that has a lot to do with Christian Coloco. This is why they brought him here, okay? This is why they thought that he could be that guy, and it's happening faster than we even thought it would. And the work that he's doing um, with uh, some of the Raptors coaches, Jamal McGlure, Rico Hines, Earl Watson, they're toughening him up. They're showing him how to get things done, how to be like you know a great big in the NBA. Yes, he does foul a lot. I think some of that is by design because mm-hmm. Nick Nurse tells him, I want you to try and block every single thing. Some of them are a little bit ticky tack. And I think he's getting some of a rookie treatment by officials at times. But I mean, just you got to love what you're seeing from him. The The skills that we're seeing from him as a second round pick when people were thinking he's going to be a G League player all season, he's showing mm-hmm. he fits. Um, mm-hmm. His minutes have gone down, but still, still, he's, he seems like a player that could actually help this team, you know, as the season progresses as well. Yeah. I mean, I think what started as like a fit by necessity, again, just because you've got so many guys out has really turned into, as you say, like a such a good accelerated uh, fit. I would also mm-hmm. say just like on the on the foul, like on the fouling thing, like look at who some of those calls are against. Right. Yeah, it is a bit rookie treatment, but it also is like, OK, there's Luka Doncic. Yeah. Like that's what he yeah. does. He sells those yeah. things. Yeah. So you can't really like I feel like you can't hold his feet to the fire for something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think generally what I've actually really liked from him is his recovery from some of those things, like some of those calls he doesn't really mope, you know, yeah. he doesn't really kind of, I don't know, like, no, I'm not even going to say who we used to see that from. I'm not trying to throw anybody <laughs> under the bus here, but like he, Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> he doesn't, he really takes things in stride, you know, for such a young player. 
Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that's probably just because he looks to the guys around him and that's what everybody else is doing. You know, this isn't a team that really has the luxury to be able to get after the refs. Like they try, but like to be able to get after the refs uh, yeah. when the calls don't come their way. I also think like that's always such a losing strategy because if you're just relying on the calls coming your way, like, I don't know, what are you going to do when there's actual pressure? So it's true. Yeah, I think, you know, the team is obviously all the coaches you mentioned, but the team is obviously really setting him up for a long term success yeah. here. Uh, and yeah, frankly, I am surprised he hasn't had more nine of five assignments mm -hmm. that he has become like such a meaningful uh, player for the for the parent team. But I like yeah. it. I mean, for somebody that they like, God, how long did they wait to like not guarantee his contract? Like that was such, <laughs> that was brutal. Like, yeah, you go off, have a great summer. Yeah, we drafted. It was you, Kevin but... Durant's fault. That's what that's what it was. It was Kevin Durant's fault. Yes. Jeez, like they waited until mm. like a week before the season started. Yeah, it felt like so. Yeah. He's making the most of it now. I, I get excited about what he could be in a couple seasons. Um, I think the Raptors, like if everything goes according to plan, the way that we want it to go. Um, this season that they may feel like, you know, come trade deadline. It's like, hmm, if there is a center out there, Jakob Pertl, who could actually is on the market and could be available um, to help us out for, I'm not sure how many more seasons Jakob is under contract, but whoever mm -hmm. it is, even if it's not him, if you have, you can bring in a big man that can actually help because what we're seeing is that like, yes, we're talking about Christian Coloco, but the net rating that I mentioned with that starting lineup, it's more about having that anchor big right? That vertical big more than anything. Christian is obviously, you know, early stages of his career, but Hey, guess what? What if you bring in a guy who actually is a bit more experienced at this? Imagine what he could do with, you know, OG and Pascal and Scotty and Fred out there in front of him. And those guys are all great defenders. Like imagine what that looks like. That could be really interesting. So um, I think if anything, it actually proves the proof of concept for the Toronto Raptors that they have something here with the players that they already have in house they could use that anchor big and uh, Christian Coloco. You don't want to rush the process, but he's shown that he could be very impactful and it's probably going to happen sooner than later just to make sure that it's completely clear. Gary Trent Jr. over his last 10 games, 5.1 free throws attempts per game. Last time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know about like um, this, this big, th I'm kind of like over do, do we need a traditional center stuff? Because yeah, like, the, yeah, because it it shows it that it hasn't really mattered in some matchups uh -huh. against the Mavs the other night. You know, there was one point the Raptors had like 25 second chance points and the Mavs had like two. Yeah. And there's the Mavs are a big team and the Raptors like you're mm. big and you're long. But yes, you know, you don't have a traditional center, but like when you have Coloco out there, you have Boucher, you have that like you're making up for it. Uh, yeah. in in a, in different ways I don't know and I just I think also they've moved past the need for just like a posted up big hmm. like that's just not how they're playing and yeah. believe me I miss those days of Mark Gasol I miss <laughs> the, the lobs you know yeah. and I miss like yeah. what he yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. what someone like that opens up for the team but like they've sort of evolved past it so not yeah. to knock Jakob but I don't think you. No, I, I hear that. I, I hear don't what you're think saying. you trade away someone yeah. like Coloco who has yeah. had this burst of development in this short of a time, mm. given like the very minimal amount of mm. like pressure and responsibility you've put on it. And then you don't. How do mm. you? How do you not lose sleep at night to be yeah. like, what could he have become? Well, well, well. Now I'm not saying you <laughs> trade. I'm not saying you trade Christian Coloco. By no means am I saying that. I'm just talking about the idea. I'm not sure who would be involved in some kind of transaction <laughs> like that. I'm just saying, like, if they were to get interested in doing something like that, you know, getting that kind of a big because you think that could get you over the top this season or even you know the season after, then maybe a person like Jakob Pertl is around or some other big. I'm not suggesting that you trade Christian Coloco. Oh no! Oh no! 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 Maybe I maybe I missed a step or something like that. But uh, by no means am I suggesting that you trade him because he's cheap right now. Also, mm -hmm. cheap big is going to keep on getting better. Love it. Yeah, it's a good. It's a Can't good deal. It. Yeah. But the but the point you made about you know do the Raptors need a vertical big? It is interesting. Um, I think it would take a bit of a philosophy change on the Raptors' part because they still yes. are a very aggressive team on the perimeter when it comes to uh, their defense, and that does you know 
catered to having a vertical big back there to cover up some of the mistakes that might happen. But I've also seen them be, be a little bit more composed this year where they're not doing that as much. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Trent Jr., we talked about him. If he's not in your starting lineup, he's doing that kind of stuff off your bench. Perhaps it's not as necessary. You can do some like staggering and or you maybe have like a some kind of player who's actually a bit more of a, a rim protector with a Gary Trent Jr. You, you play around with it a little bit. So maybe not. Maybe they don't necessarily need that. I mean, look at those Boston Celtics last year. They went pretty far with and you know, Al Horford was probably like their I guess their center. I but they do have they do have Time Lord though, and he would have been on the court had he been healthy. So I don't know. Maybe you do need one. It's a bit of both, perhaps. <laughs> but uh I mean Draymond Green, how about that? Obviously, yeah, Draymond go. Green. Yeah. There you he's go. Uh, he's one of the best uh, defensive players out there. Okay. Uh Katie, do you have any more? Is that uh um, yeah, I have two. I have Perfect. two. One is kind of just like a, here's just a small asterisk. Okay. Yeah. Um, to lead into my last one, but the, the small asterisk is I don't buy the Scotty sophomore slump. Um, okay. I, he's still shooting 41% from three, I believe, you know, if this is a slump, mm-hmm. if this is what you consider a slump to be, then yeah. I really do question people's expectations in general, but certainly of like a second year NBA player, there has to be a point, look back to Precious at Jewel last season, but there has to be a point when as a young, not just player, like person in his position, we were getting so much information on a game to game basis, yeah. certainly just, just like in your in your career and your profession and how you're being asked to grow and then you know if everything else you there has to be a point when the brain then has to t- take those things <laughs> and process them and it is very hard for anybody to just yeah. do that in in flow and like not have a little bit of a disruption mm, sure and i actually don't even think there has been that much of a disruption on the floor mm. when you look at all the other factors around this happening like this is not just happening in a vacuum right? It would be one thing if the team was totally healthy. Everything's like humming along as normal. OG's playing out of his mind. Pascal Siakam's playing out of his mind, you know, and then you had kind of Scotty not delivering. I also think there's something to be said for when you look at who's around you taking these leaps, it's difficult not to look at someone like Scotty Barnes and be like, well, why aren't you? It's like, he did. Don't have amnesia (laughs) to like last season. Like he did. Yeah. Um, I also think he played incredibly well at the beginning of the season to like help the team offensively get where they are. We talked Mm. about that earlier with OG doing it, but I just, I don't buy it. I also just think like, you know, have better expectations. (laughs) Yeah. You, if you're, cause you're trying to hold him to something, right. But that something still has to be realistic. So like, Mm. what was then the goal? If you're like, Oh, he's disappointing me. What was the goal for you this season for Scotty Barnes? Right. Like, I don't know. It's difficult to even have expectations of Scotty Barnes because of what he was able to do last season. So I think it's hard to just even have like, what is a realistic expectation for Scotty Barnes who has shown to us he's like a very unrealistic style of player, which is our great luck to have him. Mm. Okay, so rant mm. done. Case closed on that. Yeah, I think probably my last thing is just um, looking forward. We'll look back, but we'll look forward. And wait, wait, can that... we can we touch on that for a second though? Can we can we go back to the Barnes thing? Just because I, I had guess... a few. Okay, <laughs> sure. I I want to add to it because uh, I had some things written down here about him. He he wasn't one of my points, my observations, yeah. but uh, there were some things that came to mind just looking at some of the stats and this the the discourse, a very trendy basketball term. This in twenty twenty two, I must say. The discourse around Scotty Barnes for for like just talking because I, I also hate saying discourse. I, I hate, hate it. it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Um, and I know we're just adding to it, but yeah, I still hate we are. it. <laughs> the conversations around mm. Scotty Barnes, I think, yeah, they're a little bit misguided. Now, is he healthy? I have no idea. He does not seem to be moving the way that he normally does. Is it knee? Yeah, is there's trepidation ankle? there. Yeah, yeah, there's there's something that's that there's a reluctance with him. Um, there isn't like this fearlessness that he's that he usually plays with, which uh which is what we love. So that's that also last season he won rookie of the year because of the amount of ways he impacted the game it was different from any other player in the in the rookie draft class this season he is trying to do the exact same thing in addition to being more of a 
ball dominant player with the ball in his hands. His assist to usage ratio is still very good, 94th percentile. He is his assist percentage is still very good. Um, it's one of the best in, in on the team. There are some moments where we're just like, Scotty, what are you doing? Guess what? Those mm-hmm. happened last year too. Okay, it's not different. <laughs> there was a, a moment last night with the Pelicans game where he threw this one-handed pass to Wancho on the baseline. It bounced, it went out of bounds, and Wancho was just kind of like he hung his head. And the fan base was just like, what the hell, Scotty? That happened last season. Okay. Those things were happening. Um, this is part of his maturation process. He wants to become Magic Johnson. He said it from the get-go. He said it during preseason. He said it on media day. Nick Nurse doubled down on it, saying they want to give him those reps. This is all this is. Mm-hmm. The reason why I I'm not sure if the Raptors are using him properly is that his his offensive game as a scorer has seemingly gone away. Over the past uh, couple of games, he's taken nine shots. Or 19 shots, nine of them were threes. A couple games being the last two games. So 19 shots, nine of them were threes. To your point, 40% on catch and shoot threes this season. Last season, that was 29%. That is right. progression. Mm-hmm. That is progression. That is very good. He he doesn't seem to be getting as easy baskets this, this season. So the post-ups, I, I think the numbers are very similar, but I just don't think he's getting those scoring opportunities closer to the basket. They're more coming from the perimeter. Harder place to score. Ask Pascal Siakam, ask OJ Ananobi. Pascal got here through years of figuring this out, and now here he is. So I think his scoring is coming from different spots on the court. I think they're trying to prioritize OJ Ananobi getting more opportunities, and that is coming. Um, it's going to impact Scotty Barnes. Now you got Gary Trent Jr. He is becoming more of a point guard. I wouldn't be surprised now with the way things are shaking out. I wouldn't be surprised if his points per game went down at the end of the mm-hmm. season. Ever so slightly, the efficiency should still be there. The assists should probably go up. Rebounds should definitely go up. But perhaps we got to look at Scotty Barnes in a different lens this season because of how things are shaking out with the Toronto Raptors. If they're healthy and we see things change, cool. But right now, he's not getting the same shots he was getting last season. Yeah, and it's so different when, like, defenses are looking for you right he's like targeted now they know know him him. now so like that's you got to fold that into it so i just prefer we call it like growing pains instead of a slump yeah because the slump suggests that like we've ever even been here before and we haven't Mm -hmm. with him sure okay back to your point back to your 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 final point sorry to interrupt but i wanted to make sure i got that out there too (laughs) it's good it's good um i was trying to end this on like a a hopeful note and i think it is i have one too i have one too by the way so running on two positives okay (laughs) the east the east is still wide open um i i think like when i look at when i look at how it looks today Mm. right before we recorded this every time i look i'm like huh you know, do I think it's what the top 10 or even like top five is going to look like in a month? Absolutely not. Does it yeah. mean that there's still, I think, plenty of room for the Raptors to figure out where is a realistic place for them to stick with some intention and not just be like, we landed here. We ended up here. We ended up fifth. You know, it's like, let's, that's not the approach to take. Um, but yes, I think there's still plenty of room and time for that to happen. I think you've got like solid identities in your more kind of traditional con- contenders, of like the box Celtics and Sixers. Sixers are struggling a little bit too. You've got like the Pacers, Wizards, Nets, and Hawks. Um, they're all still figuring it out. When I look at the Cavs, I feel like right now the Cavs are a very good mirror for Toronto. Um, I've brought this up before, but I think this is just going to keep happening just in terms of where both teams are in their like developmental strategies of trying something new, basically, and the way that they match up together. So all in all to say that... Um, the chaos isn't going to end. Sorry to anybody who's hoping <laughs> things would calm down a little bit, yeah. but that is just the nature of um, this conference this season. Sure. But I think uh, I choose to look at it as a good thing. I don't really, necess- I don't really like it when things seem so set from like one to seven, and then everything else is is where the chaos happens, and you don't pay attention to that anyway. Yeah. It's not interesting. And the NBA is just a very talented league, and more and more than it's ever been. The talent in each on every every single team is elevated. The twelfth person in the rotation is better than it was ten years ago, mm-hmm. and so inevitably, like you're going to have more nights where the Pelicans do like what they did to the Toronto Raptors or the Sacramento Kings. Look, they're good now. I mean, some of those teams that are obviously going to be in the, those 15, 14, 13 spots in both conferences, they're just better now. That's what it is. So when Pascal Siakam uh, he talks about you know. The NBA is just a very good league and you can lose on any given night. It's cliche to say, but he's, it's also true. 
<laughs> well, it's, it's something never we been, haven't yeah. seen, right? Like we're yeah, seeing for it. Sure. The, we're seeing it. The examples of that the most in the last few seasons. But like we got used uh-huh. to not seeing that for a while. Exactly. So there's lots of time for the Toronto Raptors, but I mean, them getting healthy, them getting, um, you know, Pascal Siakam is win back, getting Otto Porter Jr., Precious Achua. He's had a bit of an up and down start this season, but he is capable of being a huge, uh, massively impactful, impactful player for the Toronto Raptors. He's shown it last season. If you can get to back to being that kind of form, like it does change what the Raptors could be this season. My final point, we haven't really talked about him, but because it, it, it's kind of obvious, but it's Pascal Siakam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't he incredible? Yeah, um, he's incredible. We love it. Yeah, and uh, I was just going to point out a few stats here that I think are notable. So last mm-hmm. season, in isolation, he averaged 0.90 points per possession. Um, pretty good number, actually. That's where Giannis is this year. Uh, this season, 2022-2023, 1.04. Big ups there. Speaking of big ups, his pull-ups. better on pull-ups this season. We're seeing those shots that he hits, the step-backs, the floaters, um, step-back, fadeaways, all this stuff on different spots on the court. Free throw line extended, baseline, it's all good. His unassisted field goals made is up 8%. Love that kind of stuff. And again, assist percentage is up 12%. We Mm -hmm. all know. We're seeing what Pascal Siakam is doing as a scorer, as a person who occupies defenses and just like, ball's going over here, ball's going over here, open man here, open man here. He is a cerebral scorer, high volume scorer, creator. He's doing all that kind of stuff. And when you like to, I like to reflect a little bit on a person like Pascal because his journey has been so cool. Mm-hmm. Every single time a person, a media member, a fan has tried to put a label on who he is, he's exceeded it. And he keeps on doing it. Love to see it. That's Yeah. It. Yeah. No, I, I have notes on Pascal too. I think it's just like, I get it's I get a bit trepidatious to be like, oh, he's taking another leap, but he has again, just because of like setting realistic expectations. But I think the biggest for me of what you said, just in the way he's he is his like offensive production has changed is that I think he's learned to flow offensively without getting frustrated. You know, when he's double teamed, he'll switch to assist or he moves to more of like an outside game when he's playing man to man, he finds a lot of opportunities to penetrate the paint. Like these are things that when I talked before about Scotty Barnes having to like metabolize all this information and be able to like put it together and deploy it in his game. That's what, that's what that's Pascal Siakam is the optimum of what that looks like. Yeah, It's someone who can just like move through the space, let the game come to him He's able to manipulate the game in this way that we've never seen him do it before. And he looks so comfortable and joyful doing it. It's, I mean, like, I don't know what more you could want right now. It's just, it's kind of one of these things where it's like, just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. People laugh when he said he wanted, I want to be top five in the NBA. And well, I mean, I'm not sure if he's top five, but I mean, he's pretty damn close he's to being in that category. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if the first all NBA team voting was happening today, you might see Pascal Siakam on there. So very cool for him. Um, hopefully that continues. And obviously the Raptors get healthy. They start flourishing. They start stringing together some consistency because my God, the chaos <laughs> has been a bit annoying, but that's how the Raptors operate. Katie, what's coming up for you? Do you see this deep thing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, I hope not that much. I'm coming off a pretty crazy fall. Yeah. Um, but I'll I'll be at games when the Raptors get back into town. I'll be at games. So, you know, just keep an eye out. You can uh mm-hmm. meantime subscribe, as you said, listen to basketball feelings, but that's basketballfeelings.com. You can follow me on Twitter at whatevs. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Next week they'll be home a little bit more, I think. Yes. So that'll be fun. Um, everyone, enjoy yourselves. Stay safe during flu season because it has sucked. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>